of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. Well, I mean, it's one of them anyway. Marsha Kavalik here with you. Jordan Ice Warner still eking out a, one more day of vacation. I hope he's having a good time. Um, and I hope his weather is really good. I hope you got out and enjoyed some of the beautiful temperate weather uh, as July came to a close. It was really mild out, a little bit humid over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And we did get um, some rain yesterday, but hopefully folks... In the middle of those, um, you know, rainstorms, we're able to get out and enjoy the panhandle. The youth fair is uh, in full swing. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But I wanted to let you know that Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle. They're your your full service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to your needs. You can visit them online at any time at suttonandjanelle.com or their historic location at 224 West King Street. We appreciate their support of local broadcasting. And thank you for being part of the program as well. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to hear Panhandle Sports live before we we went on air, but it uh, sounded like the guys were having a lot of fun and breaking some news as well. Jordan will be back with them tomorrow, so the gang will be back. And then they're taking the show on the road on the 5th on um uh, for inside the huddle so that'll be a new interesting uh, thing that will be happening as well so uh, stay tuned uh, for our broadcasts all this week something else that is happening all this week the berkeley county youth fair it's the 75th annual uh, i got out there uh saturday afternoon i was uh one of three folks who got to to judge for their new scholarship um that that is that is being awarded um, and I will tell you what, Mikey Withrow um, asked uh, some of us to come out and, and judge. And uh, by the time we got there, there were five finalists that we were to choose from. And any one of them could have won the scholarship. They were that good and uh, had impressive resumes. We were just kind of looking at each other. And one of the other judges says, when do these kids sleep? Because not only were they involved in things regarding FFA or 4-H or uh, the Boys and Girls Club or whatever youth um, club they're involved in, but also their school, um, honor society, sports, church, community, um, all of these things that they were involved in. And, and they really um, set themselves apart uh, in, in the way that they not only did a written response, but also their interview. And again, when, when we looked at all five of those young adults on stage, it was Hard to choose because they they all could have been uh, qualified as winners. And it makes me wonder all the other uh, youth that uh, also participated and put their hats in the ring for that. It, we, we just have amazing youth in this community. And you can see some of their work all week 
at the 75th annual Berkeley County Youth Fair. Today is a big day because it's Carnival Day. Carnival uh, gets started at the Youth Fair today and runs through the week. Um, as Mary Beth Blair uh, explained uh, Friday, I believe it was, uh, late last week, she said, you know, the the carnivals um, are cyclical. They, they um, run through a weekend and then they pull up stakes and then they move somewhere else. So, um, so they weren't here over the weekend here, um, but they will be over the weekend, um, you know, uh, forthcoming. So today's schedule, um, part, uh, I'll give you a little bit of an excerpt. The carnival does open at 6 p.m. You can get a wristband for 25 bucks, but I think you can also pay per ticket for whatever events you want. Um, 8 a.m. kicked off with the rabbit show, the goat show. Uh, noon, the indoor exhibits open. I know when I was there judging um, folks were, were trying to get into the indoor exhibit and look around because the Saturday was kind of a preview day. They didn't charge admission, but um, not all of the exhibits were quite open. Um, other events, the Milking Parlor opens at 4, Livestock Skillathon, the commercial exhibits open at 5 p.m. Uh, and then at 6, I think um, Mikey mentioned that this was one of his favorite things, the Muscleman FFA Old Timer Showmanship uh, we'll uh, kick off at 6 p.m. And then the ever-popular truck and tractor, tractor pull at 6 p.m. as well. And if you um, want to know more about the schedule and what is there so you can kind of, you know, figure out which day you want to go, uh, it's all at berkeleycountyyouthfair.org. You can get the whole week's schedule. And uh, I will let you in on a little insider. I was completely not expecting this, but as as uh, one of the other judges and I were leaving we, we decided we'd hit up the, um, the food trucks, and um, she was associated with uh, James Rumsey, and I thought, well, I'll go support the James Rumsey food truck. And they were offering things that I've never seen at a fair or a festival before, and I apparently one of the things they're known for is that they have these giant pepperoni rolls, but they also had some um, really cool uh, English food, so that caught my eye. So I got... Um, uh, one of the things was uh, bangers and mash, and so I brought that home, divvied it up with my with my family, and then also something called beef on weck, and and it was an amazing dish. So if you get out there and you're wondering what to eat, there are some amazing, um, you know, perennial favorites. Everyone goes to and they, in the concession stands for some of the you know the FFA or uh, the Youth Fair Board, and those are all great food uh, food options barbecue barbecue chicken but um give a look at that james rumsey technical institute food truck because that's some good stuff and stuff that you may not um you know you you may not think of as as fair food so um you know consider that again berkeley county youth fair the 75th installation is in full swing and uh you can enjoy that through the end of the of the week as well Coming up on the show, we're going to have folks from Meals on Wheels. And then later on, you've been listening to some of our interviews. You know, we pride ourselves on being part of the Panhandle story for 75 years uh, strong now. And uh, we've been talking to some of the the honorees for this year's Girl Scouts Women of Distinction. And this is a name you might uh, be familiar with. Lynn Good will be with us uh, at the uh, in the second segment uh, at the bottom of the hour. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, we'll have a, a great show and, and here's some, some of the backstory. So I uh, appreciate you guys being along. You're listening to Panhandle Live. More of the program after this quick break. 
It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Back into Panhandle Live, Marsha Kavalik here. Jordan is enjoying one more day of vacation. Then we're going to put him right back to work tomorrow. So I know some of you are big fans of his, and you want to make sure you hear him. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, he's going to get he, no rest. You know, he'll he'll come in and do a sports show, and then right back into Panhandle Live tomorrow. Anyway, some of our favorite guests are in studio with us right now, and um, and brought me a present. I haven't even had a chance to open it. I might open it while they're chatting. Um, just so I can thank them before the end of the show. But um, from Berkeley County Meals on Wheels, uh, in studio we have Executive Director Diane Waldron and Meals on Wheels Board Member and Social Media Coordinator Marianne Crawley. Welcome in, ladies. Good morning. Thanks, Marcia. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming in. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you in. And I'd shout out to my neighbor, Kathy, Kathy? Who's, who's volunteering this morning. And he said, oh, we would have loved to have her come, but she had work to do. She's got work to do. She's <laughs> doing our kitchen uh, kitchen this morning. So she's amazing. She's an energizer bunny. Yes, she is. Yeah, she. I used to see her power walk in our neighborhood, and, and she always made me feel like I wasn't doing enough. <laughs> but um, she... We have we've been blessed with amazing neighbors, and she's one of those. Yes, so it makes a lot of sense that she's over there helping out today. Uh, Marianne's our number one cheerleader, but Kathy Paul c- close second. Okay, yeah, so it's you can never have enough. No, right? We have so many cheerleaders for us, and a lot of we'll start with this. this um, you know, a lot of great community support, and I've been seeing this on your social media posts, and you guys have a pretty active Facebook page. Um, one of the things that you do really well is you shout out when folks step up and they help out and um, we know that you know we'll talk a little bit about the mission and all that but we know that one of the things you do is you bring a lot of um, light and help and and nourishing food to seniors who may not be able to get out themselves Uh, and one of the ways the community has been stepping up is some of our local produce marketers have really helped this summer. Absolutely. Orr's Farm Market, I just can't say enough about them. They donated 72 pints of fresh blueberries a couple of weeks ago, and we were able to give those out to our homebound recipients. And what's better than fresh fruit? And that just saves us so much on our um, cost of our food. And also Spring Valley Farm Market. Oh, my gosh. They gave us enough peaches because they're in season Mm -hmm. that we could do almost two full days to everybody through um, Meals on Wheels. And for those people that don't realize it, we're sending out a thousand meals a week. So wow. that those peaches, and they also donated um, tomatoes, fresh tomatoes. So that that they stepped up and helped us. And all we had to do was ask and pick up the fruit. And um, our recipients were so grateful because they don't always get the opportunity to get fresh fruit. Right. So thank you, thank you to those folks that helped us. Yay. That is so awesome. Yeah, and good good for them. I and I know. Both of those organizations, good community partners and uh, able to, you know, and willing to, to step up wherever they can. Absolutely. And Marianne, did you want to speak a little bit about Procter & Gamble stepping Absolutely. up? Absolutely, yeah. So Procter & Gamble, um, they're an amazing local company. We're so happy to have them in our community. Um, they are actually um, starting a food drive, an inter-office or an in-house food drive for the entire month of August. Nice. Um, then that begins today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it begins today, and they're specifically um, accepting donations 
um, for our snow kits because snow comes up. I mean, winter comes up really, really fast. I can't believe you're saying that. <laughs> Isn't I, it I cannot. August it is August first. But you guys have to prepare, obviously. But we do. As really, we're wearing tank tops Marianne? and crying that it's too hot to play in the garden. <laughs> Oh. We're I, talking snow kits. I know. <laughs> Everybody out there, please don't hate me. Uh, but yeah, so but that that prompted us to be like, you know what? The costs are rising. We we need help. We always take help. And with that, um, we're we're gonna try and put the word out there if anybody wants to start donating and helping us out. Absolutely, because uh, I don't think people realize we spend ten thousand dollars a month above and beyond what we take in as far as the nominal fee. So we are behind the eight ball every month. So these food donations help us so much, especially now everybody knows the food costs have gone nuts. So if someone is out there in the community and they want to check out our Facebook page or our website, um, on that page is a list of the ongoing needs we have all the time throughout the year. And that's, that's the list you ladies were kind enough. And think about this. So this is, you know, above and beyond what normally you guys would be packaging up, at, like like folks like Kathy are putting together and those nice uh, warm meals and all of that. These are things that uh, these uh, homebound folks can use on days when folks from Meals on Wheels can't get out to see them. The roads are bad. The weather's bad. And a lot of your volunteers are older and it's not a good idea to have them out on the roads whenever it's treacherous. Exactly. Anyway, but these are shelf-stable items Comfort foods in many cases, and uh, they're things that you would enjoy eating on a, on a winter sure. day, right? Yeah, and the list that you've got there, too, we have two lists, so it's not just snow kits. Um, it kind of got Diane's you know, gears turning, which they're always turning in a wonderful way. <laughs> um, we need help in our regular pantry. We have so many items that we use on a regular daily basis. Um, and that's one of the lists that you actually that's, have in your hands. There, you guys need to see that. So. No, we're no, that's okay. okay. So you got it memorized. It is listed on. Well, I won't go through the list for everybody, <laughs> but um, it does state, you know, what we need, how often we use it, how much we use, and that way people can see, you know, there are things we use regularly, but there's some stuff that we use constantly. Easy to pick up, especially if you go somewhere where they do buy one get one, or for there's sure. a like super sale on something. Applesauce. Uh, 10 pound cans, vegetables, uh, corn, green beans, peas, carrots, mixed veggies, um, whole sliced or whole potatoes in cans, yes, right? Yes, yes. Exactly. Um, baked beans, pudding, vanilla, vanilla or uh, chocolate or butterscotch. I like butterscotch. <laughs> it's really good stuff. Um, sauerkraut. And, I, you know, I'm not a big fan. I mean, I eat it occasionally, but I know my mom and that generation. Yes. Huge fans yes. of sauerkraut. They love having that kind of stuff. Um, canned fruit, tomato sauce to make the the meals, mm-hmm. uh, rice of different kinds, potato chips, uh, chocolate and yellow cake mixes because who doesn't like dessert, <laughs> right? <laughs> Cherry pie filling, apple pie filling, barbecue sauce, a gallon a month. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Apple cider vi- uh, vinegar, ready to serve gravy, gravy, mandarin oranges. Those are the cans as well. Right. Three bean salad, sweet potatoes, chicken and beef broth. I bet you go through a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. Italian dressing, French dressing, and then like your pantry stuff, flour, sugar, macaroni, noodles, raisin bran cereal, mayo, ketchup, and uh, spray. Just so folks know, every morning from 7 a.m. to 12 p.m., our kitchen is making a fresh meal daily. So it's made fresh daily in the kitchen at 116 East King Street. And if anyone just heard that list that Marsha wrote out or 
verbally said and wants to review it, again, it's on our Facebook page and on our website. We welcome you to call me at 304-263-6622. We'll meet you wherever to pick up your donation. Or if you want to come to our kitchen, we'd love to show you what we do. I think you'll be very impressed um, at the uh, quantity of food that we put out every day. But um, any little bit helps, especially now, because... Go, go ahead. No, it it's, doesn't matter if it's brand name. Please don't. No. We, we are fine mm-hmm. with generic. It's anything to that. And it's kind of a shout out to the super couponers out there, too, because this <laughs> yeah. is a challenge. You if know? you've got that Come stockpile on. going, for sure, here's for your sure. time to, yes. to think about where to designate some of those. You know, you're not going to eat all those green beans. Now. Come on, be realistic. Um, so it's we just finished up the fiscal year. You know, July started a new one. So I'm sure you have some of the numbers of who you, you know, how many folks you've been serving. And then maybe you could tell us about some of the um, the great reviews that you guys have been getting as well. Sure. So basically, um, we served in 2021 51,000 meals for the whole year. So again, and that's with COVID issues and everything. We've never missed a day. So basically, um, these folks are homebound. They rely on us daily for a nutritional meal. They're they're living alone. Mm-hmm. They're often isolated. Marianne's a driver, so she sees it firsthand at some of the um, situations that they're in. And not only do they rely on that hot meal that day, but that well check from a human being visiting them, saying hello, making sure they're okay. And then um, Marianne's going to read you, I'm putting you on the spot, Absolutely. Um, a testimonial we just received <clears throat> last me. week. And this is in this um, recipient's mother's own words. Absolutely. So anonymously, um, we read, um, your program serving my daughter eases my mind on many levels. My daughter is a 49-year-old stroke victim working on recovering her motor skills. The dinner meal that is delivered to her is a godsend. It gives her a comforting, healthy meal. The delivery itself also asks as wellness asks acts as a wellness check excuse me the few times she didn't respond to the delivery knock i received a call and follow-up the fact that i'm approximately two hours from her on any given day is difficult meals on wheels is a program that deserves so much more recognition than it gets and i'm grateful for their program and the people that make it successful good stuff so uh, how many how many recipients do you have did you say okay every week 250 okay and that includes the king's daughters um seniors in the in the apartments there we mm-hmm. deliver to them every day monday through friday as well i think folks forget i mean they think about people in an isolated house somewhere in a country lane but yes. um you know it's anyone who can't really get out and do for themselves or for whatever reason qualify for that kind of help and 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 need that um, that letter that you got from from that um, recipient's mom probably could be multiplied 250 times uh, by family members because, you know, mm-hmm. the way life is, we don't always live close to our nuclear family right. once uh, folks are grown and flown. And uh, it could be in that situation the mother of a daughter who who is a recipient most of the time, though. It's, it's, it's the opposite, but mm-hmm. yeah, most but, of the time. But it's such a huge um, comfort. For them, if they've got an elderly parent who sometimes stubbornly just wants to live on her own or his own. And, um, you know, they, they just, you know, they, they feel like they can do it until they can't. Well, Marianne came up with a good, we were trying to come up with, not a slogan, but what what is our, we have the mission of the mm-hmm. daily delivery, but it's really peace of mind. Yeah, we don't just deliver meals, we deliver peace of mind. I like that. Yeah, It is peace of mind for many people. 
peace of mind because you know not only are the family members just you know I know someone's going to see them uh, you know uh, that that day when they're delivering and if something's not right then a call will be made that's peace of mind but also knowing that um, three minute stations gonna... three minutes to your next Fox News thirty someone is going to remind them um, you know it's time to eat mm-hmm. you know because sometimes that gets away from. From seniors, if they're busy, they're and doing something else. Marsha, I can't tell you when people call in. Let's say a, a a daughter calls in for their mom. I can't tell you the relief in their voice when I say, "Yeah, we can. We'll we'll help your mom out. That's not a problem." I mean, they're like, "Oh my gosh, you just don't know what this." They they're expecting it to be harder than it is. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, yeah. you know. So it's an easy process. They call our our. Uh, office at 304-263-6622 and we take an application over the phone and we go from there so our guests this morning on panhandle live berkeley county meals on wheels executive director diane waldron and super volunteer and (laughs) social media coordinator and board member marianne crawley are with us and um you know you talked a little bit about the recipients but let's talk about the volunteers because you can always use more and uh you don't have to be able to do everything or, or commit like globs of time. Talk about the volunteer process. Marianne, you want to take that? Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're always looking for volunteer drivers, definitely food packers. We need food packers uh, more heavy right now. Um, but something that's new that's come up that I'm personally asking for is um, social media. It, we definitely want to have that content every day, maybe even multiple times a day. And it's just me handling that right now. And I love doing it, but we need a little bit of help. And for me to keep those shout outs going, um, I would love to try and get someone as a content contributor that can help me out. One or two people would be great. Someone who has a little bit of experience. And I think just familiar with Facebook and Instagram. That's mm-hmm. our main outlets right now. Um, but across the board with volunteering, it's we're always looking for help and we especially appreciate our drivers because the price of gas is astronomical. Thank goodness. It's starting to go down at least in baby steps, but nobody has, has not come out to drive for us. And the commitment really is only about three hours once a month. So it's not a huge commitment, but that that's a huge lifesaver for us because without our volunteers, we don't, we don't have a program. How many volunteers do you have right now? 140. And how many do you think you comfortably could use? I'm going to say um, to cover the packers and additional drivers and what Marianne's looking for as far as the content coordinator, an additional 10 or 15, mm-hmm. I would say, at this it's today. Now, that could change tomorrow. Exactly. You know, but we'll continue to uh, shout out on Facebook when we need specific duties. But right now, like Marianne said, we... Um, we want to get the word out about what we offer, our resource, and all what's happening in, in our program. And the way we can do that is through social media. Absolutely. And you, Marsha. Thank yes, you. Marcia. Yes, Marsha. Always happy to have you guys on. So uh, before I have to let you go, we just wanted to ask, what what kinds of people do come in and volunteer? What what parts of, you know, what seasons of life are they in? Or do you have homeschool kids that come in? Do you have retirees? I think uh, you can answer this best, I think, but majority that I see are usually people that are retirees over 65, um, which is fantastic. But again, during that pandemic time, we lost a lot of volunteers because that was that group of people that needed to be even more safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do see pretty much everybody. We do. Um, mostly, like Marianne said, it's mostly retirees because we're there in the mornings, you know, Monday through Friday, and most folks are working that are in, still in the workforce. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they'll bring their granddaughter to help 
deliver right many times exactly. the grandparents will bring their grandkids and it's really good to, for the grandkids to see this It's very humbling mm-hmm. for them and you wouldn't believe how they keep coming back and yeah, they enjoy it see. they do that's for sure it, it's a good way to introduce them to some to a really good experience with with good people fun experience and mm-hmm. and and you can actually see the results when you get those great reviews and people say that what you're doing is making a huge difference in my family members or my own life uh, on a day to day, you know, it's you're bringing food to people who need food. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're so. bringing that peace of mind to to them and their family members. And I think for um, the amount of time we spend on this and the amount that we we can't say it enough that it's a great mission. It's been here for 51 years, and we're going to be here another 51. I guarantee it. Ooh. That's amazing. <laughs> with, with Mary Ann being the, the head cheerleader, right? I'm like woohooing and clapping over. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, thanks for being in. And again, how can fi- folks find more information about Berkeley County Meals on Wheels? They can call us at 304-263-6622. Or go to our website at Berkeley County Meals on Wheels, Facebook, Berkeley County Meals on Wheels, Instagram, you name it. Just just look up. If you put in at Berkeley County Meals on Wheels, the app symbol, Everything that's online about us will pop up. Look at you guys tag teaming. Well done. <laughs> sister, rock on. Yeah, awesome stuff. And uh, come on whenever you need to. Thank ladies. you. Appreciate the Thank time. You. Thank you. All you do for our community. More Panhandle Live after this quick break. Four minute stations, four minutes away from your next Fox News top of the hour. Sandy shares how Hospice of the Panhandle provided expert care for her mother and father. When cancer hit my mother, the call came from my father and he said her doctor says that we should call Hospice of the Panhandle. They were able to help her with just some day-to-day functions, just to help her with bathing or little items that she might want, but she would be embarrassed to ask my father for. He found that, oh, they're gonna make my wife comfortable, but they're also here for me. You know, even, hey, I'd like to go down to my garage for an hour or two tomorrow and putter around. Could we arrange somebody to be here at that time so that I'm not concerned that, you know, she needs some care while I'm gone? What Hospice of the Panhandle does for the patient and they do for the caregiver, it's hard to say which is more important. How can Hospice of the Panhandle help your family? Learn more at hospiceotp.org or call 304-264-0406. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Welcome back into Panhandle Live. It is a barn burner of a show on this Monday. Jordan will be back tomorrow. Marsha Kavalik here with you. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle. They're your full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to your needs. You can visit Sutton and Janelle's new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street or online at any time at suttonandjanelle.com. And we appreciate their uh, support of local broadcasting. Thank you so much. Anyway, uh, as I mentioned, we've been part of the Panhandle story for 75 years, and we've really enjoyed getting to know over the years 
some of the great nominees and honorees from the Girl Scouts uh, Women of Distinction program. <clears throat> Just a little bit of uh, backstory. The Girl Scouts Nation's Capital will recognize four local community leaders during the annual Women of Distinction Luncheon, and that's going to be Wednesday, October 12th at 11.30 in the morning at the Holiday Inn here in Martinsburg. Uh, and we have had three of those on, Carol Awesome, Helen Harris, and uh, Bonnie Stubblefield have been in with us. And if you want to hear their stories, you can go back on the Panhandle Live Facebook page or Spotify and hear those stories. They're very inspiring. And to round out, last but not least, we're uh, we're going to talk to Lynn Lynn Goodwin today, and uh, she's in studio with us. And you've been in media, you've been in economic development, all kinds of hats, right? Yes, I've had a variety of roles in the Panhandle. So before we get started with some of the honors that they've mentioned in your in your bio. Um, are you from the Panhandle, or did you come here from somewhere else? Um, I came here from Western Pennsylvania. Uh, this I came to work at the Journal as a staff writer right out of college. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Which department did, did did you work at? A beat in particular? I covered Morgan County. Okay, that's a great place to start, right? Yes, it was wonderful. It was a great way to meet people because I did not know a single person. I wasn't from the area, so I. Got to meet a lot of people that way. So when I started, I was in lifestyle. I did lifestyle and I did their newspapers and education. Um, so in every Saturday rotation, you might end up doing like hard news somewhere. But did, <laughs> at that time, and did they have an office in Morgan County or did you drive to places every day? Uh, no, they had an office in Morgan County and I covered everything from schools to the court to county commission, town council, lifestyle stories. Mm-hmm. I covered everything. You were it. Yes. <laughs> was that, were those the days when you had to go to budget meetings and, and the, and you print off your stories on that, those huge reams of, of uh, paper that, that were all connected together. Do you remember those? I, I do remember that, but they were a little more advanced than that. But back in college, I remember those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But yes. So, um, as I mentioned, your bio said you, you've done a lot in, in the, time that you've been in the panhandle and kind of stuck close in the panhandle as you did it but uh you really blossomed you did you know um economic development authority were you an interim director at one point uh yes i um went from i was community relations director and marketing director at war memorial hospital and had done that for over 20 years and i wanted to try something different and i had always enjoyed doing business stories so I went to Jefferson County as their program manager, and I did that for almost five years. And then uh, an opening came up. They were searching for a director, and while they were searching for the director, I served as the interim director. Mm-hmm. And then um, just last year, then the position came open in Morgan County for the executive director at the Morgan County Economic Development Authority. So talk about your background then like if you came here as a as a reporter did you have a communications degree or Uh, my degree is in journalism Mm -hmm. and then I have a master's degree in communications so that brought you to the panhandle Um, where did you go to school by the way Uh, WVU West Virginia University so it's been a nice fit wow you've been you've done a lot you've eked out a lot from that degree yes I have (laughs) those degrees (laughs) I should I should say so I'm looking at at the bio um you started your career in Morgan County as a reporter for the journal graduated from WVU uh 
community relations manager, as you mentioned, at War Memorial Hospital. And uh, then from Morgan County, hopped over to Jefferson County for a while. And I, it's no small feat to be named interim director of a uh, county development authority, especially one as as busy as Jefferson County has been. Yes, it was busy at the time, and it's, it's getting busier. So um, while you were in Jefferson, and we'll talk about some of the, uh, the more recent work you've done, but while you were in Jefferson County, what were some of the, the juicier uh, economic developments that happened? Uh, there was some expansions of some local businesses, and then um, the Rockwell Project came while I was there. Oh, um, wow. Mm-hmm. So you were, you were spearheading, you were the interim director during the whole Rockwell thing? Or? No, that happened as, um, when, when I was there as program manager. Gotcha. And then um, it just opened up right after I left to come back to Morgan County. What was that like being in the Economic Development Authority while all of that controversy was happening? Um, it was trying, but um, we focused on the long-term benefit of it, of that it was a well-established company, um, going to be providing a number of quality jobs for the community. Um, so we focused on that aspect of it. So now you're back in Morgan County. Yes. And uh, Economic Development Authority. Yes. So um, full circle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about Morgan County? Um, well, the people, mm-hmm. um, there's really just so many amazing people in Morgan County and being a small County, I think sometimes people don't get the credit that they really deserve because they're working just as hard as people in larger counties to do just as important work. So I think it's the people, there's just amazing people there. So when the Girl Scouts, uh, put their nominees out, their honorees out, they send us these bios and they talk about all these Things that their honorees do, um, you know, above and beyond their jobs. You know, obviously, you've, uh, you know, been a member of the community as a journalist and also on the Economic Development Authorities and public relations. But also in your free time, when you get that, you give back. So uh, one of the things that they mentioned is uh, the JCs and then the Apple Butter Festival. So talk about how you got roped into that. Well, I was um, on the Chamber's Board of Directors uh, representing the hospital on the board, and um, I worked closely with Beth Peters Curtins, who was the director of the Chamber at the time, and no one wanted to chair the parade that year. Oh. Um, and <laughs> having been in marching bands all through high school and college, um, always been a big fan of parades. So I just couldn't see the Apple Butter Festival without the parade. Oh, were they gonna? Was it gonna just go away well, if there was no well, one there to? They, they were trying to find somebody to <laughs> coordinate it, and um, just I've always been a fan of parades. And the Apple Butter Festival parade is such a hometown parade; it just has this great hometown feeling to it. Oh yeah! And so I volunteered to sort of spearhead that and recruited a couple of people to help me and did that for three or four years and then passed it off to someone else. <laughs> How many years in total do you think you've been actively involved in the planning of apple butter? Uh, when, well, I was on the chamber for, I don't know, 10, 12 years. There was mm-hmm. this period there where I volunteered for the festival every year. 
incredible growth too. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. um, it really has become its own entity. And uh, it's been unfortunate those years that I remember one year there was bad weather, like a lot of rain. And, and then of course, COVID ruined a lot of our fun. But, um, you know, it's something that especially in, in uh, Morgan County and the Panhandle, we look forward to every year. Um, what's your favorite part? What, have you, do, are you able to actually go in those years that you're volunteering and enjoy it? Or is, do you have to kind of wait years that you're not so actively involved? Now, I would, it's one of the reasons why I like helping with the parade, because it was the first thing. It kicked off the festival. <laughs> then you had the rest of the festival that you could go and enjoy. Smart. <laughs> That's smart. And it really is unique. I mean, little communities all over West Virginia have, you know, my, my hometown just had the water festival. Um, they have their, their, you know, signature events. Apple butter is great in that it's not only... Um, a downtown event, but it's also attracting folks from D.C. now. Yes. And, you know, Northern Virginia, it's just a nice way to spend a, a weekend. Um, so in the write-up from the Girl Scouts uh, who are honoring you as a woman of distinction, Lynn's leadership is not dedicated to one county. She also served in the United Way of the Eastern Panhandles uh, as com- campaign chairperson and board chair. Her thoughtful service was recognized by the United Way in 2019 for her exemplary leadership. One of the highest awards given by the uh, organization, the General Van Risen. Did I pronounce that correct? Correct. All right. Um, and a longtime member of the Berkeley Springs Lions Club, serving as treasurer for many years. Lynn recently joined the Berkeley Springs Rotary, as if you didn't have enough to do, <laughs> where you're one of the first to volunteer for community service projects within that small club. So... It's in your blood, right? Giving back and volunteering? Yes, I really enjoy it. Um, So when we talk to the women of distinction, almost to a person, they're just shocked that they were nominated for this and getting this honor. How were you told that you were getting the Girl Scouts Women of Distinction honor? And and was it a surprise? Uh, Yes. um, Stacy Roan was the one who informed me. Um, that I was getting it. And yes, it was a surprise because there are so many amazing women in Morgan County and the Eastern Panhandle that are just as deserving and more deserving. Um, so yes, I was shocked. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because almost to a person, when we talk to, the, to you ladies, it's like, wasn't there someone else? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, I can think of 10 right <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> and many of them probably have already been, you know, honored. But uh, what they the common thread is they do more than is asked of them you, you ladies you know work in the community you you help uh you see a need you fill it you take leadership roles and um i'm not sure it didn't say in the bio were you in any scouting organizations growing up uh no i wasn't um i, I did attend some boy scout meetings with my brothers but <laughs> <laughs> i was not a girl scout but they've chosen you as a woman of distinction, and one of the the hallmarks of that is that you inspire the next generation. So um, have things changed in your mind as far as the foothold that in particular a woman can have in business and industry? Were there opportunities that, that you got that maybe other um, generations wouldn't have that now you can build on? Um, what do you have to say to to the youth, especially young ladies coming up? Um, I would encourage them to take advantage of any opportunity that they have because whether it's an opportunity that they may think they may not want to try or like, um, 
they may end up liking it. They probably might learn something from it. They might make a new friend. Um, they could um, get a recommendation for a future job. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of advantages you can get from opportunities that are presented to you. So I would just encourage them to always try something new. So the um, the luncheon is going to be October 12th at the uh, Holiday Inn here locally. And uh, it's probably going to be a little exhausting for you, honorees. It'll be like a long receiving line, I'm sure, people just <laughs> chatting with you. And you guys all seem to know each other or know of each other as well, right? So you think you'll learn something about the other honorees? They'll learn something about you that night as well? Um, yes. Um, I did listen to Bonnie's interview, and I had no idea of her diverse background. That was a fascinating story. <laughs> I it, it's, it is amazing. Yes. and. The thing is, we get to hear you guys come in and, you know, someone arranges for you to come talk to us. So we get to share that with the panhandle. But you ladies are out walking. You're at the, you know, Walmart. You're at the grocery store. We have no idea how accomplished some of our neighbors are. That's so true. There's just so many amazing people. It's (laughs) really true. So if you had to have a parting word to um, to folks coming up in the panhandle or or folks, um, you know, maybe considering going to school and then maybe settling elsewhere, you know, out of state. Uh, any advice? I would just say, you know, take advantage of opportunities, get involved. Um, because I didn't know anybody and that's what I did. I just got involved because I wanted to meet people. And here you are. You certainly... Yeah. Grown where you were planted. Yes. <laughs> and and um, never really left the panhandle after that? Uh, no. Um, I met my husband through the Berkeley Springs JCs. Um, and at the time, um, funny story, um, one of his good friends, I interviewed Rick Roan. He was president of the JCs at the time. One of the first stories I did when I came to the panhandle was how the JCs had worked for like two years to get out of debt because um, they had a fundraising event that went bad um so they worked for two years to get out of debt so i had interviewed him about this getting out of debt is one of my first stories when i came to the panhandle and he tried to encourage me to join the jc's and i said well i'm i'm new here i've only been here two months um i don't know if i'm gonna stay well i'm still here so (laughs) (laughs) How, how many years um well over 30, 87. I came in 1987. Oh, wow. So going yeah. on 35 years. 35 years, yeah. Amazing. Lynn Goodwin, well, well-deserved well honor from the Girl Scouts, Women of Distinction. That uh, luncheon is going to be October 12th at the Holiday Inn, 1130. You can get tickets. You could still be sponsors of that event. And uh, you're going to learn a lot and be inspired by some amazing women in the community. Thank you for being such a, a, a great example for Citizens, not just women, not just girls, but citizens in the panhandle. Thank you very much. Thanks for being in. And more Panhandle Live after this quick break. You're listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back into Panhandle Live. I wanted to mention before the show uh, gets away from us, Meals on Wheels, Diane Waldron and uh, Marion Crawley were in with us earlier. 
And I mentioned that they brought something. And uh, I don't know if you know this about Diane, but she's pretty crafty. And uh, I, I didn't get a chance to open it on air because the, the program was just so tight. And I didn't want to have like scissors and paper like noises going during the interview. But um, I opened it up and I I was speechless because she made this amazing little, you know, those um, birthday buttons that you get that are like big ribbons that say birthday girl or whatever. She made this amazing um, banner ribbon with my name on it. And it is is way cool and if I wear it uh, it is too heavy to actually wear on my sweater so I'll um, I'll put it in my news studio and it's just gorgeous she does amazing work and it's all with paper and all these cool implements so and I, I told her you didn't have to bring me a gift she said oh it's me you know have we met <laughs> so um, I really appreciate her um, taking the time and thinking about um, that kind of thing. But if you want to gift something to Meals on Wheels, they have a list of their social media. And of course, it can be stuff that you pick up when you're at the grocery store. You don't even have to think twice about it, especially if it's a buy one, get one. Things that you would enjoy having, you know, canned fruits and vegetables, uh, brownie and cake mix, all of those neat things that, that you like to eat. Those are the kinds of things they can use for their, uh, their seniors and those blizzard kits or the, the foul weather kits that they were talking about getting ready to pack, even though it's August, uh, <laughs> they're thinking about their seniors and, and the long winter. Um, think about things, you know, soups and crackers and things that, uh, that a senior citizen can easily prepare and that will bring them some comfort during those long winter months. We also had on um, some um, information about the 75th Annual Berkeley County Youth Fair, which is in full swing. And during our broadcast day already, they've had um, the rabbit show and the goat show. <clears throat> I got to see some of the, the judging take place when I was there the other night. And uh, it's amazing how uh, well-dressed up these kids get. They, they've got their special um, uniforms that they use to be judged. And they come prepared. They come prepared to talk about all of the work that they've done throughout the year on their projects. Some of them are uh, family pets. Some of them are livestock that they're, you know, eventually going to send to market. And it, it um, you know, it's a culmination of a lot of hard work that these kids have done. So if you want to go and you could chat with these kids about their, their livestock or their other exhibits, there's a whole other indoor exhibit section that has their work in baking and home crafts and sewing and so many other things and today uh, at noon the gate the gates open for gate admission the milking parlor opens at four the carnival opens at six the livestock skillathon happens this afternoon commercial exhibits open and that ffa old-timer showmanship um, show gets underway and the truck and tractor pull at 6 p.m so lots to do at the fair and that amazing fa uh, fair food, as I mentioned earlier. On PanhandleNewsNetwork.com, we got uh, a message from 16th District Senator Hannah Geffert uh, over the weekend. And she's got some response to the recently concluded special session that was supposed to be for taxes, tax relief, relief um, or income tax or property tax relief, also morphed into an abortion law um referendum where they called the lawmakers back to kind of firm up abortion laws and really kind of nothing got done. Uh, they'll be talking more about that on talk line today, but Han Senator Hannah Gefford has a response. You can read her full response at panhandle news 
com. And I, I have a feeling Hoppy might be talking to her this week as well, might put that invitation out uh, to chat with her about that as well. So uh, lots to read about, lots to uh, to decompress from from that uh, session that just ended. But we appreciate you being with us today on Panhandle Live. Talk line, of course, with Hoppy Kerchival is up next. And uh, Jordan Icewarner should be back uh, tomorrow as well. You've been listening to Panhandle Live on the Panhandle News Network on WEPM and WCST out of Martinsburg, West Virginia and Berkeley Springs. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of uh, a song that I've been obsessed with, uh, Stephen Sanchez. Oh, CST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.